Hey Jason, how have you been? We've had we've just come back from a very long holiday, one week long. That was fucking amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I've been okay. Um the holiday has been quite good on me. Spent some mm-hmm. time with my my loved one, mm-hmm. my significant other, my one mm-hmm. and only, my better side. <laughs> As don't hey. go on and on. And it's big been, words, big words, man. Big words. <laughs> big words, big words, big words. But you know, we only do big things here on the podcast. So. <laughs> yeah, We're all about that life. It, it mm-hmm. was it was a really good holiday. And um, yeah, yeah, yeah. it was so good, I don't feel like going back to work. So that's that. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's the consequence of all holidays, right? I mean you you get the holiday and once the holiday is done, you're like, I wish I had a longer holiday. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. I think everyone yeah. from employees to students or everywhere feel it, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, yeah. any new developments on the podcast? Because I think new one developments. Hmm. Uh, the new development is that we have a marketer now. Uh, official market, marketer. An official marketer who will be working on the, you know, the marketing side of the podcast because like you do, you deal with techno, technical stuff, I deal with, deal with the producing and Marketing is kind of, it's frustrating, it's annoying, it's, as the Japanese say, it's mendokusai. It's, it's just a nuisance. I know I don't enjoy doing it. <laughs> and so we, now we have someone who will do that job, you know. And we both understand that it's uh, very much one of the most important parts, especially when it comes to like a product or service that you're dealing online. You know? Exactly. Marketing exactly. is everything. So we... Mm-hmm. We felt that it was better. It makes more sense to get one person who specializes in that. Because if mm-hmm. me and you start doing it right now, you know, we'd have to build up the skills and specialize in it, which will take time. Mm-hmm. And right now we feel like we have momentum. So it's better to just get somebody, pay them something small, and like uh, allow them to focus on that job. And like do exactly. it really, really well, you know. And me and you exactly. both our own exactly. we have our own responsibilities for the podcast already. So it makes mm-hmm. more sense mm-hmm. to get somebody who specializes in it, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh we're also about to get our first sponsorship, potentially, right? Yep, yep, yep. Well, that's something we have to discuss further before we agree to the deal because there's some implications we we're not there's some stipulations we're not quite sure of right now. So we'll discuss that further and then move along. But so uh, yeah, but those are the updates on the podcast, and you know yep, everything. Yep, yep. Everything is moving forward, Oscar. How do you exactly, feel about exactly. it? How do you feel about it? Man, I feel excited. I feel like this is the future. This is the future we didn't expect. You know, the present, the future we were, we're not expecting. It. Like the future <laughs> from now seems quite bright. You know, it it does. It does. This know. could potentially be our job, Jason, if things keep moving in this direction. And that isn't that going to be the most wonderful thing. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, anyway, that was so, enough. Yeah. Listeners, as you may know, today is a start of a new month. A start of a new month means a brand new theme. So, Oscar, what are we doing today? Or what are we doing this month? Drum roll, drum please, Jason. What's the new theme of the month, my brother? What's the new theme? I'll edit in a drum roll. <laughs> Yes, please, you have to do that. So the theme of the month is love and family. Love and family. What is love? 
What is the difference between romantic love and the love of family? What is the historical validity of marrying for, for the sake of love? What is the evolution of love in relationships and such and such and so forth? So we shall start. Jason, what are your ideas on love? So the theme is love and family? Yes, love and family. Okay, 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 okay. All right, first question. Let's go. Okay, so I'm going to start off by giving a short story on people not believing in love, you know? So the story is, it's not a story, something an experience I had. When I was a teenager, I went to a party. Rather, I was I was in a party and I met this girl and we were talking about relationships. And in this entire discussion, this girl kept repeating over and over that she doesn't believe in love. And Wait. I was I was probably yeah. Wait, this uh-huh. is in high school? Yeah, in high school, in high school. Okay. Yeah. So the girl said kept saying over and over again she doesn't believe in love. I was 15 or 16, I'm not quite sure. And I remember just agreeing with her because in my head, if I agree with her, she'll probably like me, you know? <laughs> <laughs> the classic the classic man strategy, you know, the strategy of all the males everywhere. Yeah, but I remember, like, she she had all these ideas and theories about why love isn't real. And now, as an adult being here, I'm now 26, I'm going to be 27 soon. I realized that, how can someone not believe in love? Love is everything, you know, it's literally everything around us. Like, it's it's your wife, it's your child, it's your job. You know, it's the podcast you're working on. It's that, it's going to the gym every day, it's love. Everything is, everything is born out of love. Oh, no, well, not everything. Some things are born out of hatred and resentments, but you know, the good stuff, the good stuff is born out of love. I so, believe- the question I'm going to start off with Jason for you do you believe in love? Love is real, man. 100%. Mm-hmm. Love is one of the pathways to heaven. I truly mm-hmm. believe that. Okay. And why do you believe in love? Why do I believe in love? Yeah. Why do you believe in love? I feel, mm, I think we have to talk about what love is in order to say, why do I believe in love? Mm-hmm, mm. Okay, so I think to start off. Love uh-huh, is just so part on. of the human experience. You, you don't mm-hmm. believe in, so like, I think what you, what people mean when they say, why, why do you believe in love? Or do you believe in love is the quintessential like idea of romantic love right okay uh-huh. but uh-huh. so yeah let's talk about romantic love because romantic love is the one that everyone refers to very quickly when they say love right yes exactly when people think of love they immediately go to romantic love that's the first so thing go- that pops in the mind yes so romantic love romantic love romantic love is challenging right romantic love challenging. is just you know uh, love well, it's the attraction you feel towards a specific person, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it's 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 a, it's a deep it's attraction, but it turns into deep affection, deep okay. affection, and positive feelings. Mm-hmm. It's a state of positive feelings towards somebody, and it coincides with you wanting the best for them, you wanting them to be like to be happy and all these other ideas right so i like that i like that you want someone to be happy like there's a biologist called jeremy griffith who mm. calls who says that love is unconditional selflessness you know 
Yes, 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 yes. yes. Definitely that part of self exactly, yeah. in romantic yes, love. Yes, 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 yes. But you know, the funny thing about romantic love is that even biologists say that love is love is a mammalian drive as much as hunger or thirst, you know? It's something that all mammals feel, not just human beings. Cows feel love, apparently. Elephants feel love. But maybe not romantic love the way human beings describe romantic love, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. There's a definitely so, like a biological need for it, you can see. Mm, 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 mm. You know? Um, horniness and attraction alone wouldn't be able to keep uh, a, like a male and female, the family unit mm. together, long enough mm. to raise a child, right? Because exactly, mammals exactly. have these long... Mammals in general have long lives, right? Mm-hmm. And in order to... Long lives and also like the development process of mammals between like a baby to like an adult mm-hmm. whether it's in monkeys or human beings and elephants or in lions tends to be mm-hmm. a lot longer than than most animals right okay and with that requires the family unit so there's much mm-hmm. more need for a family to be able to take care of the baby up until it's able to like walk on its own two feet as an adult and in that case, it's like love is important because love is like sort of the glue that keeps the family unit together. So I think that goes beautifully into the one thing that uh, anthropologist Helen Fisher discusses in one of one of her research ideas is that love is divided into three stages. There's lust, which is simply sexual desire, as you stated out. Yeah. There's attraction, which determines what partners may find attractive and pursue, conserving time and energy by choosing. You know, you, you understand? Like in the begin- when there is lust, you're just going to satisfy your hunger, your sexual hunger, right? Yep. Then after lust, you go into attraction, whereby now you're determining whether or not you're going to choose this mate based on specific factors, right? Yep. And finally, it's attachment, which is sharing a home, parental duties, mutual defense, and so on, right? So. The, so I think. Huh? Go on. The love that romantic love we like to talk about is the attraction and um attachment phases last for the longest will... time last has gotten a very bad rap <laughs> in literature w- and a lot of w- things the way we look at it you know i will say that romantic love the way we discuss it is more love last in attraction not attachment attachment is when a relationship tends to lose its spice you know when people talk about there's no more passion in the relationship i don't feel her love anymore i don't feel his love anymore that's when you go into attachment whereby your relationship is more committal rather than passionate. You're just here because, oh, we have kids. We don't believe because you have the kids, you know? We've been here for so long. Why give up now? That kind of thing. No, you're right. You're definitely right. Actually, especially with, like, romantic films, for example, a lot mm. of the romantic the classic, you know, rom-com or romantic comedy, when does mm. the film end? The film ends when the couple, you know, the main protagonist and the main, like, love interest... Mm. get together exactly that's now when there's it no ends. passion <laughs> yeah as soon as the attraction as soon as they found each other the competition the games have all ended boom that's when the movie ends and we all know yes. that's actually where the real relationship begins you know exactly that's when the real relationship you know it's it's think okay so there's this funny thing right i was reading that last last increases like increases the release of testosterone and estrogen to promote mating right uh-huh so when you when you're horny for someone, you become 
more of a man you know <laughs> like your body is releasing the hormones that make you more manly in that in that situation right and the same goes for women they become more feminine when they when they're lasting over someone right mm-hmm. but the funny thing is that research shows that this period of lust only lasts between a few weeks to a few months so it's guaranteed to come to an end uh-huh it must come to an end right uh-huh. and now when it comes to an end are you actually still attracted to the person right you probably still you are you probably still are right but what what the studies in neuroscience show is that people when people fall in love this is now the attraction part the brain consistently releases a certain self set of chemicals like neurotransmitter hormones dopamine norepinephrine and serotonin right the same comp- compounds released by amphetamines so when you're falling in love you're literally high. taking a dug yeah you literally you know you're literally high. literally high yeah yeah dopamine definitely because that's like yes that's the yes. the drug of happiness and love serotonin is yes. an interesting one because that's the nerve that's the drug that our nerve system basically works on what was the yeah, third and one? like uh the third one is norepinephrine it's a hard word norepinephrine jesus I, christ i don't know my tongue <laughs> i don't my know tongue. That so that's an interesting uh, learning uh so let me let me look let me show you right now norepinephrine what it does so i'm i'm pulling it up bro pulling it up yeah roots pull it so, up Norepinephrine is a naturally is a naturally occurring chemical in the body that acts as both a stress hormone and neurotransmitter. Uh, it's released into the blood as stress hormone when the brain perceives that a stressful event has occurred. So this is actually very, very interesting. It's a stress hormone that's released when you're in love. Which makes sense because the side effects, like the physical side effects of falling in love, are like increased heart rate, loss of appetite and sleep, and increased feeling of excitement. I guess. Hmm. This there's is a, a funny there's one. There's a heaviness that comes with to love. Bring you, yes, yes, yes. A stress that comes in love. Yes, Does she yes. love me too? Is she going to leave me? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. yes Who's right. that guy she's talking to? Who's that guy? <laughs> Who's that guy? Who's that guy? You know? Yeah, we've all been there, huh? definitely we've all been there so yeah so like uh, so this phase of attraction lasts between one and a half years to three years mm. typically not always typically right so it can be longer it can be shorter but again still guaranteed to come to an end so there will be a point in time when you're no longer attracted to your significant other mm, mm. now what happens then jason you, the woman you claim to love you look at her and it's like you're just looking at a, at a wall or just another another random person there's nothing you feel nothing no attraction at all whatsoever what happens I now you move on to- i don't i don't <laughs> think you feel zero attraction no not, but no, not zero not zero but it's like the honeymoon phase the, is over definitely it's it's not just the honeymoon phase it's like this person has to work extra hard to ignite that fire that was once there right yeah you same for you now this one we're going to attachment which is just based on commitment such as marriage children shared interests such things right mm. of course it has also been li- so the thing with attachment it has been linked to like in higher levels of chemicals such as oxytocin right mm-hmm. and we know what oxytocin is which is the, like the bonding hormone right mm-hmm. so when you reach this this phase of attachment now 
the hormones that are linked to, to bonding are at the highest levels in terms of as far as the relationship is concerned right uh-huh. and there's another hormone which is released which is called vasopressin now vasopressin from, promotes physical and emotional mobilization and helps support vigilance uh, and behaviors needed for guarding a partner or territory oh interesting yeah yeah so now you might not be attracted to the person anymore but your body is telling me telling you this is kind of this is my territory bro don't touch don't come near my land that kind of thinking is happening that kind of things happen to your body right now this person is now then not so much attracted to them but they kind of become a part of you based on the, on the commitments you have together your shared interests the family you you built together or just the hormones that are being released pushing you closer to this person and also forcing you not really forcing but making you want to guard and protect this person so mm-hmm. this is all about romantic love and like the different yeah. stages of romantic love mm-hmm. there's also like um there's also like familial love right the love that you mm-hmm. feel for family or people that you f- that that you share common blood with right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and there's also the what's it called the love that you feel for your friends the non-romantic love Okay so like I think with this you're talking about the six forms of love like the the Greek philosophers used which is like number one, familial love which was called sto- storge I don't really know how to pro- pronounce that uh-huh. platonic love which was platonic called love. philia yeah. yeah philia like you know like philosophy you know that kind of thing uh-huh. there's romantic love eros self love philosophia guest love xenia and divine love agape so now I think you're talking about platonic love right philia talking about uh-huh. the familiar platonic love mm-hmm. actually is it six or eight i'm saying the six seven uh, what, what's going on here so so now there's the greek there's the so there are different varieties right there's a greek philosophers ancient uh, conceptualization of love and then we have modern authors distinct which who distinguished further varieties of love which is number one unrequited love number two empty love Number three, compassionate love. Number four, consummate love. Five, infatuated love. Six, self-love. And seven, courtly love. Mm. Yes. So, but I think for for right now, you and I, we are... are, So, what we're going to discuss in this theme is familial love uh, and romantic love. For sure. But I guess, like just by naturally with this conversation we'll definitely touch with all the other different types mm, of loves mm, mm, mm. so now let's okay. all right that being said mm-hmm. knowing that love clearly love is this like it's a hydra basically well, yes <laughs> it's yes, a hydra of many heads like we talked about the familia love there's eros mm-hmm. the romantic love there's all kinds of ways and forms of love right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and all of them are important and exist for a reason mm-hmm. agreed agreed so when you say why do you believe in love mm-hmm. i feel like that's just uh it's it's a question that doesn't really make sense because love is it's just something that you feel love to me is like naturally comes with with existence the same way happiness and sadness comes mm-hmm. with the mm-hmm. human mm-hmm. existence mm-hmm. 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 so 
asking if I believe in love is like asking if I believe in the sun or believe in the sky. Okay. It, it, That's it, a perfect it's, answer. It's just part of the way we are. It's part of the way we interact with one another because human beings are very social beings, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's uh, somewhere along the way through a biological need, biological necessity, we've put our minds were able to understand there's importance to these social bonds, there's importance to these social rela- relationships that we build with one another. Mm-hmm. And I feel like love was born out of this. Okay, I can agree with that. So, yeah, I don't think I think it's a it's 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 it's, it's a silly question really. Okay, okay. Perfect, perfect, perfect. Okay, next question, next question. The next question is when you discuss romantic love with someone do you believe the discussion of romantic love is a philosophical argument to be had oh yeah for mm-hmm. sure for sure mm-hmm. cuz love is so complicated uh cuz romantic love mm-hmm. like you said romantic love is like the lust the attraction mm-hmm. and the attachment mm-hmm. The truly mm. hard parts of romantic love. Lust is the fun part. We all enjoy the lust. The lusting and getting rid of the sexual tension within your body, the release, it's all exciting, it's fun and you get mm. rewarded for it. Mm-hmm. We all mm-hmm. understand that. And we make games out of it too, you know? Mm-hmm. Like social games, the way we interact with each other and so forth and so forth. And mm-hmm. then there's the whole um like you said What was the second one? It was an attachment. It was attraction. It was attraction, attachment, attraction, yeah. And, uh, yeah, yeah. Attraction, where you're basically choosing a mate based on particular like guidelines, whatever guidelines you have in your head. That's also mm-hmm. a fun part, right? That's why Tinder is so popular and dating apps yep. like that. And you get a dopamine hit every time you're like looking through like potential partners because it's fun. It's fun, you know, mm-hmm. knowing what this person could be. There's a whole also like mystery towards it and mystery has always been something that human beings have been curious about, you know? So like that's also another fun part. The truly hard part which most of the discussion falls on is the attachment. Mm. Once the mm. the lust has been sorted and once the attraction has been sorted, it's like how are you going to live with this person for the next 10 years, you know? You know like what I believe is this, not not what I believe, my experiences have shown me this. During the last interaction part, the person you're you're wooing has no real personality, at least from your point of view, right? Uh. Whatever whatever ideas of the perfect partner you have in your head, you project onto that person. Uh. And of course, the 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 other the person on the other side does the same thing, whereby they try to become the best version of themselves, so you can be interested in them, right? So two things happen at once. You're projecting your ideas of the ideal partner and they're trying to to be this beacon that is the ideal partner, right? Yes. So if they tend to talk too much, they they might talk just a little less because they don't want to seem like a chatty a chatty Cathy, you know? Mm. If if they don't work out or they're too or they eat too much, they might try to reduce how much they eat so you don't think of them as a slob or unhealthy, right? But then once you go into attachment it's like, like all the masks and the veil is just dropped away and now you have to you have to learn the, about the real person right 
that person that was once a thing becomes starts to gain a personality starts to gain a personality and if you're not patient if you're not patient that personality will overwhelm you and you the relationship won't be able to survive and that's the part where it's like if your relationship is going to survive you need to learn how to accept each other and that comes with the person's personalities and their flaws and that, yeah so like that's the hardest part because it's like like what you said when you during the attraction and lust phase you're falling in love with like almost like a caricature a character yeah a caricature of 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 who they really are exactly and in, and in worst cases you're falling in love with a character that might not even exist you know it's a complete fake projection that a person might be doing i, I think in, in most situations that's the case in most situations that's the case in some cases it's worse than others right where somebody's yeah, yeah. like it's almost like they're completely catfishing you <laughs> they might be lying mm-hmm. about their job they 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 completely change the way the way they look on a normal basis you know um they change the way they talk they change the mm-hmm. way like it, they change everything just to like be with you so those are like mm-hmm. some of the worst cases and then like like you said once once you start seeing them as a human being and you start like seeing them as a person that's where like you start seeing all of their flaws and their weaknesses mm-hmm. and the reality of who they are has to like it basically clashes with the ideal the idea of who you thought they were mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and if there's no mediation between those two things right the reality of who they are versus the idea of who you think they are there's no mediation that then the relationship usually ends right what i have come to learn is that in romantic love in relationships people tend to accept expect the other to feel a part of themselves like the other is a puzzle piece that once you have is going to complete your existence right uh-huh. and i think this is where the idea of the modern conception of romantic love falls short because my experiences have taught me if you expect the other person to feel a part complete a part of you it's bound to fail because no person is ever going to be that perfect puzzle piece to complete you your existence complete to complete your being right yeah 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 so the the idea goes back into the idea of self love self love the reason why you have a project, projection of the of the perfect the perfect partner is because you feel that you are inferior yourself right you feel and like this, you're inferior 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 there's some inferiority complex you might have and it, it might not be big it's it's something just it can be something basic like i'm lonely so i need someone who can come and feel this loneliness so i'm no longer lonely right okay okay but the idea so this goes back to the idea of self love if you have enough self love if you have self love not enough self you just have self love period you won't need that another person to complete you rather you just want to have a person to share your completeness with you know is this making sense say that again so what what I've come to what i believe is this if you want someone to come and feel a hole in you you know symbolically speaking you know if you want someone to come and feel a hole in you no person will be able to feel that symbolic hole 
because that symbolic hole has been born out of your experiences, the way you were raised, you know, whatever bad thing that happened to you as a kid, no person can come and fill that hole. You have to come to terms with that hole yourself. Ah, yeah. Right. I agree. I agree. It's, yes. a, it's a common misconception, actually. Yes. That there's a person out there who's perfect for you that will mm-hmm. come mm-hmm. right away and fix everything in your life. It'll fix mm-hmm. who you are. Yes. And, and when you find this person that you believe is going to fix everything and they don't, if they fall short just a bit, just a bit, you're going to blame everything on them. You're going to be filled with so much resentment for this relationship because this person isn't doing what you believe they're going to do. Like what you said, if they fail in just like one or two percent, like they fall yeah. just a little bit short of that line. Yeah. Things are like impossible. You know, it's like, yeah. hey, how could you do this? How can you be like this? You don't love me. Mm. All those things start to come out, you know? Yes, yes, yes. And we all yeah. know like people are a lot more complicated than that. The world is a far bigger place than just you know what's going on your representation of the world is far smaller mm. than the actual world yeah, yeah. whatever's going inside your head it's very small yeah and... there's a philosopher there's a german philosopher forgotten his name I actually have his book and the title of the book is called the world does not exist and the argument is making is that whatever like exactly what you said whatever conceptualism you have of the world that's nothing compared to what the world actually is and no no human being can conceptualize the world as it truly is it's not possible but so we still the, but we still mm-hmm. like take that representation of manifestation the simulation of the world in our minds as mm-hmm. fact exactly 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 and in like, what, what situations have... such as mm-hmm. love mm-hmm. it can create problems Mm-hmm. yeah the problems are expectations you have great expectations of your significant other you know as much as you have great expectations of whatever government that is in power in your country you have even great expectations of your significant other you expect them to do everything for you that you are unable to do for yourself and i feel like lately people have become even it's, it's a very selfish way of looking at it it's a mm-hmm. very self-centered view of what love truly is supposed to be like mm-hmm. and social media has been making that sort of worse there's a sort mm-hmm. of narcissism that comes with social media right mm-hmm. because you're supposed to be the centerpiece of your own life right mm-hmm. it's it's the way it's built right like you have your own account on instagram right you take mm-hmm. pictures and people follow you right mm-hmm. yeah, that yeah. basically says that you for every follower you get on instagram for example it -hmm. validates that you are the centerpiece of you're a centerpiece of society and -hmm. you're someone worth paying attention to so it validates Mm -hmm. your you being the center of your own universe basically you being the center of the universe okay and people start like creating their own like it deepens that idea of like oh my expectations should be filled because i am basically the main character of the story Mm, mm, mm. so when somebody comes along and they're not even remotely perfect they're like fuck this guy mm, i agree yeah, yeah. it's like I, I i i'm better than this i'm better than you you know i deserve mm-hmm. more i deserve this i deserve that i deserve this you know mm-hmm. and then like 
when they're sometimes when they're faced with that reality they just look on instagram and go like oh but so and so is doing it you know so and so is with this person so and so is with this big is with a person like this you know mm, 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 mm. so if they could do it i can do it too you know mm, completely mm, regard mm. disregarding that like what you said everyone's individual experiences and history and the things that bring them together is totally unique you know exactly yeah yeah so basically it's a lot more complicated than people like to think and um love love can't can't be self-centered it can't be self-centered you know it's i don't think so that's i also think that's another fact i think love if love is everything like i did mention earlier i think that love is both kind compassionate and affectionate but love is also filled with selfishness and egotism and obsessiveness and codependency i think there's that part of love for sure mm. almost like a yin yang relationship exactly yeah yeah you need you need there needs to be a sort of balance between your needs and what you want and the person's needs and the person that you're in love with and what they mm-hmm. need and what they want right mm-hmm. so you do need to listen to your ego you need to listen to your inner voice sometimes right but it can get out of hand if you listen to it too much and you and you like you regard that as the main source of like judgment you know that becomes like the main judge of everything if that if that inner voice becomes the main judge of everything especially when it comes to love then you're going to run into lots of problems right let me ask you this what is the room for what is the room of jealous for jealousy in love in relationships what is the role of jealousy mm-hmm. i feel like jealousy is it's 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 definitely usually born from the ego you know mm-hmm. this person isn't loving me enough this person isn't giving me enough attention this mm. person isn't doing this so like in some level they're falling short of your expectations right mm-hmm. and sometimes those expectations are valid expectations right so mm-hmm. that that that's feeling some jealousy or feeling some sort of like disappointment it makes sense it makes sense mm-hmm. but then like i said it, it, when it, it when it gets out of hand mm-hmm it becomes a problem and it starts becoming toxic. Mhm. Mhm. So jealousy like I it's like it, it has its place in love for sure. It has its place. Like all negative feelings, they have their place. There's reason why they exist. Yeah, I I kind of feel like jealousy is one of those things that is both I was talking to someone recently and they were talking about the role of jealousy yeah, the same thing the role, role of jealousy in love and what he was suggesting is that you can look at jealousy in a negative way that jealousy is making you resentful or angry towards your significant other yeah. or you can look at it in a positive light whereby jealousy is making you realize the value of your significant other yep 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 it's actually usually after uh-huh. you fight or have like those kinds of conversations you realize like especially with jealousy you realize mm. how much you truly care about this person right mm, 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 their love and attention towards you is this important it's so important it's making you angry and super stressed out you can't 
you can't you can't go on you can't go on with your daily activities without this person giving you that love and attention right yeah or the thought of them giving the same sort of love and attention to somebody else is unbearable so now this begs the question do you believe nature prefers monogamy oh i feel like that's a totally different question though oh and God. i mean it's it's in the sense that if i'm going to feel jealous over this one person right mm. if if monogamy wasn't really necessary mm-hmm. or if if monogamy wasn't really a driving factor in, in like in love and in attachment and in like development of families right and reproduction jealousy wouldn't really play a role in my day if this if i felt like this person was giving the attention to someone else i would let them go and i would find the next mate i would simply move on without giving it too much thought mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but jealousy is definitely making me think before acting out this anger this frustration like instead of saying you know what fuck this person let me just move on to the next person i think oh i better find out why this person isn't giving me their attention what can i change about myself so i can get the attention that i believe i deserve right So is nature forcing me not really forcing me but begging me or rather asking me to be monogamous Is monogamy inbuilt in in hum, in human beings No I don't think that's yeah. true mm-hmm. I think there's yeah. been a lot of civilizations and cultures out there that survived perfectly well with polygamy you know mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. feel like But okay so I think that's unfair let me tell you why Why because when you talk about polygamy it's usually one man with many women right so the women are a kind of they're monogamous they're kind of monogamous because if you have five wives you are having sex with five different women right but the women are all having sex with one man actually there's some cases of of like um like like there's this i need to look up the word the tribe name uh, This is a native tribe in the Amazon forests in mm-hmm. Latin America that they used to like not worry like the women used to be able to sleep with as many partners as they want. And Oh yes, yes. I think there are many such stories. And but and, I think and basically mm-hmm. it's the family of it's the family and the village that raises that kid. Mhm. So you're not wrong when you say there's lots of cases when people talk about polygamy it's like oh one guy has many wives right yes, that's been yeah. like a very common story a very common case throughout history but since we're just having a philosophical discussion on it right we're going to mm-hmm. talk about like it in general so like in cases where like even the women were allowed to like mm-hmm. have as many mm-hmm. partners as they want right mm-hmm. and it's mm-hmm. been shown that hey you can have a, a society built around this sort of family structure or built around this sort of like Mm-mm-mm. this idea of polygamy relationships and having there being like the extended family everyone is basically almost like an extended family member but i guess that well, works best if it's a small group of people like it's i also clan. think this will work this will work best if the idea of ownership didn't play a role in societies right because i imagine that if i own land and i have a kid i don't want a random stranger's kid to inherit my land once i'm dead 
and ownership doesn't have much meaning when it's in a small village right yes, yes a small yes. village of you and your cousins yes, it's like yes. oh yeah this is my patch of land and it's just like yeah oscar that, that's great and all but like <laughs> everyone around you is your family member right so yeah, really. naturally it would be more beneficial for you to share all of this stuff with everyone mm-hmm. around you mm-hmm. and you probably be raised in a way where it's like everyone is your family so why wouldn't you want to share all of your stuff with them right mm-hmm. so ownership the idea of ownership basically it's reduced it doesn't it like again it doesn't really make much sense in a small group or in a small clan of people mm-hmm. yes i agree with and hence the whole idea of like monogamy because like you said monogamy i think it really is born from this idea of this person is yours this person is yours and it's it's not just the person it's everything around you it's even objects around you it's it's i think number one is the land it's the land it begins with you owning believe you you own the land and there's a lot of religion that who's going to get the land once you're dead and there's a lot of religions that back this up, right? Yeah, yeah. Christianity, Islam. God 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 brought us forth so that we can go go and conquer the beasts and populate in the land. Mm. We shall have like, dominion over all the beasts of the land. Eh? Yeah, like God yeah. created this playground just for us. So yeah, yeah. hey, go forth and conquer. Conquer the yeah. beasts. Conquer other yeah. people. It's all yeah. good. It's all good, you know? So okay, I, I agree. So the I, the idea of oh, not the idea, uh, the act of one woman having many husbands is called polyandry. 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 Yes. Andry, what does andry mean? I think that's a Latin term. Most of them are most of it is Latin, man. Mm. Yeah. Okay. I don't know what what Andre means anyway or to be honest but i believe yeah i believe you're right i believe it is latin oh, sure. actually no actually no no it's greek it's greek it's greek okay yeah yeah how about mm-hmm. if it's uh-huh. one if it's a male partner with lots of female partners polygamy ah okay. okay 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 so literally when we talk about polygamy it's always been about like if we're looking through the def- definition oh wait 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 Wait, actually, no, no. Polygamy is just when one one individual has is married to multiple other individuals, right? Mm-hmm. So poly, so the definition, the distinction is polyandry is one woman, many men, right? Mm-hmm. And polygyny is one man, many women, many women. Ah, so there's different there's different types. Yes, yes. Okay. Yes, yes. Okay, yes. Okay. All mm-hmm. right, all right, all right. So wait, Oscar, what do you feel about polygamy? What do I feel about poly- polygamy in general? Mm. I I believe loving one person is hard enough. I don't think I have the energy and the time to give same attention to multiple women. I don't think I can, I I personally can pull it off. I think the attraction and lust phases in a polygamous relationship or when we mm-hmm. make doing that like doing those phases of love with multiple partners is what we really enjoy. And I think mm-hmm. it's what men really enjoy. Mm-hmm. The attachment part is the, as the Japanese would say, mendokusai. You don't have yeah. the the tension, the, the, the energy no. to have like a rom- a truly romantic attachment and deep affection and spend the time with multiple partners. You just don't have that kind of time. 
if you're working you're trying you to sort, you have kids you're trying to sort out your own responsibilities trying to sort out your own dreams your own aspirations then on top of that you're trying to sort out the aspirations and the dreams of one partner and seeing how you two can both live, live a happy life together and then if you include family members and your social lives it's like that's already extremely complicated on its mm, own mm, mm, now mm. imagine multiplying that by like a factor of two or three with like two three partners like it's no no i i, I personally cannot pull that off it's super hard it's super hard so like when people i feel like that's why like when people when men have had like many women unfortunately mm-hmm. the women have been mostly like almost objects like objects in the in those polygamous relationships when it comes to like hey are these people allowed to like act out how they feel or their ideas in their brains act out mm-hmm. those ideas into the world or ha- even have opinions a lot of those women haven't been allowed to have those opinions like just look at islam for example one of the mm. most common ideas is like the woman is meant to serve the man mm-hmm, mm-hmm. whatever the husband says it's whatever goes right mm. the husband says that hey you're a dog then the woman is a dog she has to act that way like there is no questioning the husband the husband is like the husband the woman is always supposed to listen to the husband mm-hmm. no matter what and um, uh, this idea this idea of like going back to the idea of like lust and attraction and polygamy i think there is there are instances of polygamy in today's society that we just don't refer to as polygamy we call it affairs we call it cheating right whereby you can have your wife right or the wife can have a husband and you just have multiple other sexual encounters outside you know uh-huh. and it's fun because with it's it, it is actually fun because in those instances it's only lust and attraction you don't want it to go beyond that right because that's the mendox ipod yes so that's why affairs that's, like exactly that's why affairs are very you know ev- not everyone i would hate to say everyone has affairs but affairs are a thing we know it's a thing For sure. we all know people who have affairs right Yeah so like the thing with affairs is that it's just lust and attraction and you don't want it to move beyond that no neither of you wants it to move beyond that because you have your spouse back home right yep the, the attachment is sorted back home you don't so need so you go yes you don't need a second attachment exactly like, exactly so it's, yeah. it's just the fun part just the fun part when you're cheating when you're going out to you know to fuck around it's just the fun part right yeah yeah and i think that's that's the modern age version of polygamy mm. so our idea of polygamy like basically most countries ever have rejected the idea of polygamy right mm-hmm. state wise mm-hmm. mhm So we've elevated the idea of marriage and attachment as the ultimate as the ultimate goal to pursue within a relationship mm-hmm. being with someone mm-hmm. for the longest time we see it as something valiant something admirable something worth pursuing 
Mm, mm. But we only do that in name and on paper only. In exactly. actuality, we just all fuck around. <laughs> yeah, we're still polygamous. We're still polygamous. And we would like to fuck around, you know? And we see the, the desire and the need for that. Yeah, okay. So going back to the idea of commit of attachment and commitment. Attachment and commitment is very hard. It takes too much work. And if I'm going to see this person every single day for the next 20, 30, 40 years, how much resentment am I going to build up in that time, right? Especially if you guys aren't communicating properly. That's another exactly. important part. Are you guys exactly. even speaking so, the same language? Hello? Exactly. Like, yeah. And even if so you're speaking like, the same language, are you guys on the same like frequency? Because there's so many times where you're speaking the same language as this person, but it feels like you're not, you know? Yes, yes. The couples yes. out there, you know, who speak the same language understand what we talk about, right? It's still very hard sometimes to communicate with your significant other, despite you guys having, knowing the same language or speaking the mm. same language. Can you imagine the relationships where you're not speaking the same language? Exactly. I was yes. literally talking about this with my girlfriend like yesterday or two days ago. And we we're just like, how do the Japanese couples, couples right? The ones where it's like a foreigner, like mm. the foreigner barely speaks Japanese or... Mm. And or the Japanese person that they're with barely speaks English. Mm-hmm. And me and you, we've talked about this in the past too. Like we've seen many relationships like this, like actually seeing people like this walking around. It's like, yeah. how do they talk about things in general? How do they communicate it's, to each other? I don't think it can. I know I know a couple that have actually just fizzled out. Like it can't, it can't go on. It can't, it can't. When things get hard, how do you guys argue? You know, what's yeah, that like? Yeah. How do you have like the conversation on like the really hard topics? Yeah, I, I don't. Can't. How do you express yourself in that kind of mm, relationship? Mm. Yeah, you can't. There's no way. That's why, like, it has to come to an end. It has to come to an end. But there's some it people that we know that have made it work for years, like a decade or something. I don't know such people. I personally don't know such people. With his wife, like, oh, no names, no names, no names. You're going to have to edit that out. <laughs> Why? Uh, no names, no names. Why no names, though? <laughs> uh, because people who listen to the podcast know this person and the situation. Ah, uh, yeah. okay, 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 fair enough, yeah, yeah, fair yeah. enough, fair enough. So, yeah, anyway, so like. Uh-huh. Our, so like, um, but I can just say like this. I can put it like this, right? Our close, close friend, right? Like mm-hmm. you said, let's let's protect him and say no names, right? Mm-hmm. Let's call him Arnold. Our close mm-hmm. friend called Arnold, right? Quote unquote mm-hmm. Arnold. He was in a relationship for how many years? Four years. He was married for four years. Four or five, five. I think it was five maximum. And they were dating for even longer than that, right? No, they were dating for like one year. So in total, six years. Yep. So how did they make, how did Arnold make that relationship work? Because he barely spoke Japanese and his wife, who was Japanese, barely spoke English, right? Oh, I asked him, I asked him, but I guess, I don't know, I don't know. I don't know how it worked. I I mean, eventually it didn't work out, right? Because they split up. But still, after six years, it's like... Yeah, you know, maybe it takes it takes that amount of time for you to realize we can't communicate. You know? Really? I don't know. I don't, I I don't feel, know. I don't know. I feel like you feel that in the first couple of months, 
after you guys have gotten through um a first couple of months or like the first one to two years at that point you basically have a, a, a system of communication in place you must have yeah. right so th- this is what i know this is what i know i asked this individual how did you guys communicate because as you know this man is he enjoys philosophical discourse right and i did ask him did you have this kinds of discussions with your with your wife and he said nope we didn't so what, what did you guys talk about i don't know just our day and stuff so which i felt was weird i guess it is important to discuss your day but if you're not able to discuss the things that you find in this interesting that means a part of it is closed closed off to this person that you call your significant other there'll always be that side of you that you can't talk about exactly exactly and how can you how are you willing to share the rest of your life with someone that you can't at the very least share your interests with uh-huh. yeah and i made i don't know about i didn't talk to her much but i guess it was the same on her, her end as well because this guy wasn't particularly good at japanese and the wife wasn't particularly good at english so i don't know man that just again it adds to that the complexity of the last stage the attachment phase of love yeah. it adds so much complexity i don't know how yeah, people like, do it going back to the idea of like the modern polygamy just affairs man the affairs work because oh, hook you're up. both hook up yeah, culture yeah exactly general. hook up culture like you you're both you're both resentful of each other right especially yeah. once you get into attachment it's like you feel there's a part of you that the other person cannot understand and that's that's a common argument i feel most couples have you don't understand me right and you go you run outside and you find someone who believe who you believe understands you but in reality they don't understand you they just understand this one thing that your spouse doesn't quite understand you know and and you because they understand this one thing you believe they're perfect to have fun with you know they're how, how fucked up is that though <laughs> This guy has put in like a year, two years, five years, ten years of work into making you happy. And this nigga comes out of nowhere, tells you like two, three lines. You've been with him for like a couple of hours and he gets the exact same benefits that your husband gets. Instantly. He gets full and free access, like premium membership like that. In just a couple of hours. Ways. It's both ways. I think most men and women do this. But yeah, we know, we know. You know, <laughs> but how fucked up is that? You know, just like that, you let the women or the people just let them hit it, just like that. Yeah, you know, it's like just a couple of hours, and then you have this yeah. other spouse or this other person who's been working so hard day in and day out to make you happy. How do you fuck them over like that? Seriously, idea here is that the reason why you will do that is because one, you believe this thing, this your significant other isn't satisfying one one need or another which the need might be just like hey i can't talk to them about so and so you know mm. but this person outside they're willing to have that kind of discussion that's great or and secondly and i think the most important reason why people do have affairs because they truly believe they will never get caught and in most cases people don't get caught uh because if if everyone was getting caught then man how can you believe what would happen if everyone whoever cheated was getting caught Oh. I don't think I believe in most cases some I think one or both people in the relationship do cheat but the other person never finds out. That's Oof. That's rough man. But man, I, it's but it's true. true but it's the truth. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. 
you, you like here's the thing it's not like when you cheat you're coming back with with that person's underwear home it's not like you're carrying like condom wrappers in your pocket people are smart when they cheat because they know why they don't get caught you know so you 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 take a shower you know you clean up nice you make sure you don't come home too late or if you come home late you have a perfect excuse right mm-hmm. so people when i think when people cheat maybe maybe the first time you might if it's like the first time this this event occurs i think that's when you might get caught in the first instant that's the that's when you're most likely to get caught because maybe the first instant was just like uh what a spark of passion that caught you in a moment and you just went with it and you are not planning for that to happen right the first so in the first instant one, you're kind of careless or the first couple of instances too you might still yes. be doing it out of like like what you said it's indulgence yes so you're you're kind of careless but as you as you keep repeating this thing over and over again you get smart you get wise because you're like huh i think she noticed when i came up too late at this time i think she she got a whiff of my girlfriend's perfume huh maybe i should start carrying my own perfume in my, in my bag so i come back smelling the way i left home earlier you know maybe i should I, maybe i shouldn't take a shower at the hotel just come out and take a, just use my perfume and come back and take a shower home as soon as you get home right but also the more times you do it yeah. there's also a chance of the more times you do it the more times the possibility of you being caught goes goes up because people are very mm-hmm. good human beings in general are very good at pattern recognition mm-hmm. so like when you say when you tell your wife hey i'm gonna go do this thing mm-hmm. on saturday at 5 p.m mm-hmm. at first she might be like okay that's fine but after a while mm-hmm. she'd be like he's still doing that shit really you know and then if you come in then you give her a, a little bit more like if you give her a few more things to like be suspicious about like what you said he's been smelling weird he's mm. been taking more showers you know mm. he's been more secretive he's been i haven't seen his phone in a while it's like again people are very good at pattern recognition and mm. like if if you give them this idea of like hey you might be cheating they'll they'll be able to look at all of these other clues and be able to like create a pattern very quickly mm, 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 mm. like you said it doesn't work all the time but like let's just say for the people who are really paying attention i i think most people aren't really paying attention because most people are busy with their jobs yeah most yeah and then with kids you know <laughs> dealing with kids and then you've reached that point of like you're comfortable in the relationship you know yeah. you guys have a dance you have like a routine with each other so you don't really pay attention you know but the, for the people who are paying attention to what their spouse is doing it's mm. like uh, uh you're going to get caught you're going to get caught you're going to get caught <laughs> this person is watching you like a hawk <laughs> yeah so i think yeah i think this hookup culture is the modern day polygamy i would we, just, just, I, we, we wouldn't want to call it that we wouldn't want to call it that i would just like to say that um this hookup culture thing mm-hmm. it does help people find out what they want and what they like you know mm-hmm. there's a certain freedom that comes with it right you're no longer bound mm-hmm. by like or like before we had arranged marriages or you married this person that you've never seen before that your parents decided and mm-hmm. basically have to stick with them and have kids with them even if you guys might not like each other for the rest of your lives or something weird mm-hmm. like that right Mm-hmm. now i've come to a point where it's like hey you choose your own partner you have this huge range of selection of partners thanks to technology like you know a pl- a platforms like tinder and bumble you get mm-hmm. to you know potentially 
be with so many different kinds of people mm-hmm. and you better you, you get to explore right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but the problem is that we're not being responsible with that freedom no. and that's no, where you no, see no, the no. negative impact with hookup culture people just like I'm gonna hook up with this person. I'm gonna fuck this person. Then, 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 in the end, like even they start to feel bad. They start to like degrade themselves mm-hmm. because it's like if you're truly somebody worth having, why are you putting yourself out there like this to fuck so many people? Mm-hmm. I feel like it goes against like you thinking that uh, you are somebody worth having. You are somebody special, worth cherishing. You know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's the freedom part, you know. Right now, everyone's on the freedom part because of like we're, we're living in that woke sort of age where it's like, oh, my rights, oh, my choice, oh, my freedom, nini 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 nini. And no one's talking about responsibility. Mm. No one talks about the responsibility that comes with all of these choices. What no one talks about consequences anymore. Everyone's consequences just, are everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. That being said, I'm just like, yeah, I understand hookup. Like, I I do feel like it, it was born out of that freedom and, like, it allows us to explore. Mm-hmm. And um, for polygamous relationships, people who are like, oh, we're, we're having sexual relations with multiple partners and they mm-hmm. might be married, the two partners might be married and they're totally fine with that. I think mm-hmm. as long as there's an agreement, it's totally okay, you know? there is an agreement but i think in most cases there is no agreement <laughs> okay oscar but in the few cases that there is an agreement i think that's up yeah, to yeah. If, if there is an agreement it's perfect i mean yeah, i think it should be fair enough if you're willing to do that i think you'll have you should be confident enough and forthright enough to have that discussion with your significant other that there's a place where i believe we're both falling short of each other and i would like for us to explore that outside of this relationship That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. But, but, are you willing to ask that question, Jason? You know, that's... <laughs> I feel like yeah, if you're not willing... The road, you know? <laughs> if you're not willing to ask that question, then you need to... Like, those. that's not even that hard. Is it a hard question to ask? I guess it depends on the kind of relationship you guys have. You know? But, like, if you guys are married for a very long time, you know for sure that question is going to pop up. Because the maximum, the maximum that we have that this one person that you're married to is going to sexually satisfy you until you die is very crazy. If you really think about it. No, it's, it's, it's not possible. It's not possible. It's, it's, a, just it's a very ridiculous <laughs> idea. This one person I mean, maybe it is, is going to feed maybe. and serve your every sexual need and desire. They're going to fulfill everything for the well, next well, like 40, 50 years of your life. The Hindus with their tantra might have a different conclusion to this, but I, it's possible, just not the way we view it in the modern world. It might be possible, just not in the modern the, the conceptualization of love and lust. I Maybe think it it's, it's very, very hard. So mm. that's why the question is important and it's worth mm. talking mm. about. Mm. Yeah, it's definitely worth talking about. Definitely worth talking about. And uh, mm. by the way, that's that's the end of the, the episode, actually. So, any closing, any closing thoughts? Uh, closing thoughts for the day are so next on next week's episode, we'll move on to the idea of the the evolution of. I think we actually discussed this. Okay, so we'll just discuss personal revelations 
in our personal relationships. We will move on to family matters and the importance of family. That will be our next episode. And as well, we will expect a guest, one guest for this for this month's theme. Uh, we're not quite sure when that will be, but definitely before the end of the month. When we talk about there might be two guests. Uh, sure. Yes, there might be two guests. Yeah, there might be two guests. Whether it will be at the same time or different episodes, we're not entirely sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Okay. That's 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 that from that's that for me. Okay. Okay. And with me, I think it was an interesting episode. Love is mm-hmm. something that, like you said, it surrounds us. Love is, is such an important part of our daily lives. And it's so important in our daily and social like relationships. Everything. It's it's, it's like you said. It's almost. I, I guess it's pretty much is everything. So, mm-hmm. us talking about this, there's gonna be some deep personal revelations. You know, we're gonna have to reveal some things. We might even learn things about each other that we we never knew. You know, mm-hmm. you might mm-hmm. we might be able to learn things about ourselves that we didn't know too. Mm-hmm. So I think I'm looking forward to it. I'm not yeah, me too, to me see too. where me the too. next couple of talks in the month take us, Oscar. Yeah, yeah. So with yep. that, you know, it's time to end the show. So goodbye, Oscar. Um, goodbye, Jason. Thank you, listeners, once again. As see always, you next week. As always, thank you, listeners, and stay dangerous. Bye-bye. Stay dangerous, Jesus Christ. Stay dangerous, okay? <laughs> bye-bye, guys. Bye-bye, Oscar. Bye-bye, man. <laughs>